Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, so then here here's a question. Yeah. Here's a question that I'm that's 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 playing with me. So and 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 I'm in it as well. So yesterday everybody, you know, took a picture of their phone with the black blackout square. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So then what? Well, it again, you're talking about the law of attraction. If we are all doing this and all participating in it in one event and one thing like-minded, there has to be a higher a vibration that moves the needle. Yo, LA, what's up? This is Parday, host of Baseline. Today is part two of our conversation with Scott Kaufman, the irritated Buddha, and we're talking about everything LA, sports, life today during the uprisings, and more. So put your ears on, make sure you like, subscribe, and share with a friend. All right, let's get into it. I'm a big believer that things of today have always been the same. Because start of civilization, start of Timbuktu, start of Egyptian empire, you've had, you've had skin tones of all types and shades. There wasn't just one skin tone. So again, when you talk about races, race being manufactured, you were identified by where you came from, not your skin tone. They would have said Scott from. They would have said Scott from Studio City. You said Parley from Will and Hill. Sure, it's like uh, that's like how the kings were, right? The kings were named sure. in the kingdoms. So I I I love the idea of inclusivity because I and, you know I think that that's how you get better ideas and you get you know more insights to the world, right? So if I if I ran a shop, if I ran a business of any sorts. I don't want a bunch of people that are just like me because that's not going to get us too far. I think that's going to get you eventually is going to get you just average. Look, there are opportunities for, for anyone to become anything. Some people are born with the, the chips already stacked in their favor. Some are born the, with the opposite. Race is, is one of the is one of the factors, and it's a big factor. Socioeconomics is a big factor. Uh, talent is a factor. Drive is a factor. Um, relatability. There's a vibration that people, uh, an energy that people find to be very attractive that they latch onto. Uh, there's there's personality things that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. The, the narcissism is a factor because it's it's. It's misperceived in a lot of cases as confidence. Uh, so there, there are a lot of things that go into success. I think that, you know, uh, preparation is, is, is big. Absolutely. But I think that uh, attitude, that, 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 a, that a connection to a result and a connection to the, to the, to the what's it going to take in me to change mm-hmm. is really is really the main thing. I, I think that for people of color, and this just isn't isn't just black and white. I think that the that in a lot of cases, um, they have to do more. 
it, and it's been beat over our head. It's instilled in us that we have to be twice as good as our competition. Do you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I can point out specific instances where it's happened in my career. I see people fail up all the time. Look, our president fails up all the time. Sure. He does, by all accounts, he does have some kind of energy or vibration that's extremely attractive to people. Even before he was in office, he was a repeated failed businessman. And he just, they just keep giving him money. Keep giving him money. Right. Because you're not open to change and growth. So, okay, but, but that also, you've heard the term birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've heard of the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So, the law of attraction is very real. It's a universal law. It's actually, you can't really have any argument against it ever. Yeah. Winners win, losers lose. People end up with people like them. It's it's the way it is. If you have a loser mentality, you're probably going to end up losing more than you're winning. Sure. That's how it works. Yeah, of course. It it also it also could and and, and this is more of a question than an answer, maybe in a Jeopardy format. But it, is it that black people enjoy the company of black people because there's an unknown level of communication that's being had there's an understanding like when the conversation starts there's an understanding that we have this a similar amount of baggage and so we we have an understanding that we don't have to bring another culture up to speed well i don't know if that's black people but i think that's people in general right um for black people when I see somebody walking on the street and I give them a head nod, that's an acknowledgement. We've been totally invisible for a lot of, uh, to a lot of people, to a lot of people that we encounter. So acknowledgement is one thing. And I think obviously assimilation is another. You are always going to feel more comfortable with people that look like you, um, sound like you, and are able to relate to your experiences black, white, Asian, Latinx, whatever, right? So I don't know if that's just, de you know, designated to one particular race. I mean, I think that's why people hire people and why we've had this, you know, um, good old boys club. It's because people, you want to be around people that, you know, you have like-minded experiences and consciousness with, right? And then for black people, we get into a whole another thing because we're we've been trying to break out of situations where the crabs in the barrel were just held down. So sometimes you want to be, sometimes you have black people that want to be the only black person in the room, and then other times you have black people that are only comfortable around blackness. I'm somewhere in between because I like to build with everyone. Uh, and I think that's how it should be. So it's not about where we came from because we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. And it's not always about where you're going. Um, but I think nine times out of ten, it is a like-mindedness. And it is something that's shared experience that allows us to build together. You have a unique perspective because you're like somebody who who 
of any culture that grows up in a specific place and never leaves that place mm -hmm. only knows that place yep. and only knows what that place provides and only knows the energy that that place provides and, and only knows the people that that place has provided. And uh, unless you get out of where you came from uh, in any way, that's all you know. You only know what you know. Yep. Right? And this goes to the law of attraction. And it, so if you're of that mindset that you're stuck in that place, you're going to continue to attract people that are of that of the of that ilk. Right. You're just going to continue to do it. So I, I think I think that people need to get out of their comfort space. I just think this goes for everyone. Yeah. I look because you 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 have a unique ability to connect with whoever you're standing in front of. Yes. While holding on dearly to your core values. Mm -hmm. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Dearly. I've said this before. You're, you're, I see you as a very interesting person. You're very particular. You have a very clean energy. You're, you, you take care of your, your physical appearance meticulously. You're the guy with the polo shirt with the button, <laughs> with the with the top button. button. That, but that's who you are. That's what you. That's who you are. Everything. Every, the, your life looks a certain way, and you've determined the way that that's going to look, and it's by choice, and there's a reason for it. Yes. That's a, that's a, that's something that you and I have have spoken about before, and it's it's part of what makes you interesting. It's part of what makes you uh, different, and because. Because you've put intentionality onto that thing. Right. And and that tells me a lot about you. It tells me a lot about your personality. It tells me a lot about the way you move in the world. It mm -hmm. tells me uh, how you see yourself. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? I know that. Okay. I'm instinctively. I, I know that. So that puts you in a, in a unique place when it comes to something like race because you actually have kind of outgrown it. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I took a trip to Europe. Okay. So living in Chicago, I didn't know how conservative Chicago was until I went to Miami. And then I didn't know how small minded America was until I went to Europe. I get to Europe it was the first time I had never, I had no racism against me at all. People didn't even look at me. They were racist or prejudiced against Africans. And they clearly knew that I wasn't African. Right. And it was crazy. And then I came back home and I, my outlook has totally changed. Right. If people got out of their had a chance to get out of their immediate environment and went somewhere else and almost like wife swap. If they had life swap, race swap, they learned so much more. Sure. That could be that. Could, now we're now we're into solution. You know, the solution. It could be interactive education. Mm hmm. It could be. It can't. I'm not sure that reading a book is going to get you anywhere because because that you can learn concepts, but the feeling, the feeling of 
going to, it's, it's my summer camp theory. So my theory about summer camp and the reason why every parent should send their kid to a, a sleepaway summer camp, it gives, it gives the child a chance to reinvent him or herself. Mm-hmm. It gives the child a chance to put on a, a different mask, a different facet of, of themselves, their, of their already personality. Yeah. To, I, I've always said, and and I've always said that really successful artists reinvent themselves every five to seven years. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Madonna, if you look at Prince, if you look at David Bowie, if you look at Michael Jackson, they there there would be some reckless abandon, complete change in personality, complete. Like, remember when Madonna went from like like a prayer to to like whatever the hell dance party thing she yeah. got into, and when you know David Bowie changed his name, Prince changed his name like six times. Yeah, you know Snoop Dogg, Dog, Puff, yeah, Puff Daddy. Look at Puff. Just, they literally will change their name. They're Diddy in, to, to yeah. whatever his name. They're in brother on, love. They're in on the on the secret. That's the secret is the reinvention. Yeah, is the fact that we. At any time, if we can believe in ourselves enough, could completely reinvent who we are. Yeah. And that takes, I believe, a, a worldly sensibility. Um, do you believe that a brand, because now we're in this whole culture of we are brands, we're not even people anymore. Mm-hmm. Can a brand also do the same thing? Can a brand reinvent itself yeah. without losing value? If it does it, if it does it in alignment with itself. So that's a really good question. Um, if you're not faking it, if you're if, if you're authentic, if you're authentic and you're true to a core belief. My, Michael Jordan start when he stuck when the shoes started, they were one thing. And then they became some whole patent leather thing, right? Which was a complete like, what is this disco ball on my foot, right? But he stood behind it, and we're here, we're done. Yeah. You, 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 it, there's no, there's no, there was no place in Michael Jordan's brain that was like, this design's. A, a, I'm a little like I feel a little bit uneasy wearing this in public. Think about the first time you shaved your head. Yeah. Okay. The first time you shaved it, and you walked out of your house, I mean, you you felt I felt. Oh man, where's my where's my hair? Bit, yeah, like, like like how's the world seeing me? Right yeah, now? yeah. I was I was a little so I well I had cut all my dreads off. I had dreads down on my back. Right, and then you launch them, and it's a different. It's like a whole different person. And it so and if you're feeling self conscious about it. The world is going to is going to pick up on that. that. They're so, going to pick up on that. So that's not the authentic you. Yeah. The authentic you is when you own your space, your your persona, right? When you're per- right, because th- you taking on a persona is not fake. It's mm-hmm. a facet of who you are that you're expressing to the world. When somebody says, "Oh, that's not who they are," they just ch- this isn't who they. No. Here's the thing: that person progressed. Mm-hmm. And that person reinvented him or herself so that the guy who stays the same his whole life is the one we got to worry about. Yeah. Well, or, or, but, or girl. But that takes us to 
uh, an interesting point of, let's talk about LeBron James reinventing himself with another team. Let's talk about, sure. you know, I mean, that's those are Cleveland's one thing, Miami's one thing, Los Angeles is one thing. Those are three different personalities that he's kind of assumed. And now he's taking on, you know, rebuilding after post-Kobe. So I don't think you really need to know basketball to really admire someone like LeBron James. LeBron James, to me, has a similar vibration to Dwayne Johnson. Okay, The Rock. The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson, to me, or The Rock, is almost impossible not to like. He's a great guy. I, I can't imagine the person who doesn't like him. It, it, <laughs> it would be it would be weird. Steve Coastal Austin. Yeah. <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah. I feel like LeBron James, if you don't if you can't admire at least what he's done, how many times he's reinvented himself. And, and where his heart is, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the building the school and, and, and all, all, all the things he's doing. And he's not doing he's not doing it. He's not doing it to make himself look good. He's doing it because that's where his heart is. Exactly. I my biggest thing that I love about or admire about LeBron James. He's doing this without uh, a male positive male influence. He didn't grow up with his father. Um, he's never been in trouble. Um, I mean, those are that's he's married. He, he's married to the same woman. Loves her death. By the way, you know who also who who fits into that category? He's a little bit more polarizing, and I and I've met him a few times personally, and he's uh, there's a familial ice cube. Epic. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite MCs. So, the amount of love that he, I tear up when I think about it, that he shows his wife is, it's the the reverence that he has for this woman Mm -hmm. who, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's crazy. And, again, you think about these two, just to point out, these two individuals, we've had... (laughs) LeBron take on political views, stand up for injustice. Uh, it was there's a pic there was a great image of him, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony standing up against you know for Eric Gardner uh, during the "I Can't Breathe" moment. I yeah, um, they're not afraid. They're not afraid. Ice Cube saying back in ninety in the nineties. F the police because they were getting racially profiled by the police just, just like today. Just like today. And you have to it's I admire people that are able to stand up and at least say this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Things are wrong. It's some things need to change. And and it's also they do it in a connectable way. So Ice Cube is incredibly authentic. He, he grew up in a, in, a, in a rough environment. He's incredibly authentic. He's true to himself. And yet he can still make, you know, are we, are we there yet? <laughs> but see, that's the same thing with The Rock. It's the same thing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, 
I'm 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 here as a reflection of you. I'm I'm here to mirror back to you from my perspective what the world is showing. Yeah. And and you know you think about all three of those people have really reinvented themselves all the time. All the time. All the time. They're not apologetically. Yeah. You never heard Ice Cube qualify. Are we there yet? The, the, are we there? He's like, dude. Uh, yeah, he's a, here it is. I don't have to. I don't have to explain myself. Yeah, and he's a dad. He's a dad, and and you know, and he, he turns, gets it. And he gets it. And and by the way, the relationship that he has with his kids, I've seen it only secondhand. Um, just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Here's my concern. First of all, this year has I, I talked about it on, on an Instagram live I did yesterday. This this year has provided more liftings of the veil than any year that I can remember. Uh, when something so have you ever heard of an ego death? No. So an ego death is when the the struck your structure dies for a minute when you get broken up with and it shakes you to your core mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know that feeling mm-hmm. or like or like uh, when Kobe Bryant died or when um, when COVID started mm-hmm. and uh, when the riots started um, when when Trump became president when um, what what did you do when Trump became president do you remember that night uh, so here so I was at a men's team meeting okay. And I, uh, I, I Scott, let me just clarify this men's group. Scott's involved with a, a, a great group of guys that get together on Wednesday nights and they get together and talk about and support each other. And it's a really inspiring thing. Um, I suggest that everybody, if you can, form something similar to this, because as men, we don't get to talk about or share emotions and feelings the opportunity to be vulnerable and then just the opportunity to just love and support. Or, or you can reach out to me. Uh, it's coughscott at gmail.com. That's K A U F S C O T T at gmail.com. Uh, right now it's a meeting via zoom. We're in LA. I can put you with men. You know, if if you're a fit for, for, for my group of men, that'd be great. It's really a place for men to get real. Our society it's kind of not structured that way. We we like as men we like to to act as lone wolves and yep. and you know lone wolves get killed. Toxic so. max, toxic masculinity and a bunch of ego shit right. and yeah, that's kind of stripped away. We don't sit and talk about uh, you know hitting on girls and drinking and you know it's no, not it's it, not a shoot the shit thing. It's about getting real and 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 and. Uh, supporting each other to win okay. without yeah. being a support group. And, and I just wanted to just put that out there for yeah. the listeners. Uh, all right, so continue on. Sorry about that. So we're at a – so I was at a men's team meeting, and and we were all really kind of excited. We were, it was going to be the first woman president. I didn't really have a dog in the fight with Hillary. I, 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 I wasn't total Bernie because the idea – first of all, I thought he was too old. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, I love, you know, he, he, he just, he was a little too curvy your enthusiasm for me. The, <laughs> that night, um, 
it started to it started to to lean the way of Trump, and I felt my heart dropping. I felt I I said I I think I said to somebody that night, "There's gonna be riots in the streets. This is gonna end really badly." Well, talk about predicting the future. Uh, it wasn't. Listen, you don't need to be Nostradamus <laughs> to to. And I don't really care what your political uh, feelings are. There was no way. There's just, look, if you, if, you, if you hire a clown, eventually you're going to get a circus. And, and I don't care what you think about, oh, he's not establishment, he's not a politician. Hey, guess what, people? You need politicians to do politics. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. What up, LA? This is Carday. I'm your host of Baseline. LA's number one podcast for prep sports and all things LA. Today I'm talking with Scott Kaufman, the irritated Buddha, and we're talking about everything important that's going on in the world today. It's a heavy conversation, but it's a necessary conversation. So I hope you got your ears on. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with to the show. All my life, everybody's always said, the system's broken. The system is broken. And the system is broken. And the only way that you can change the system that, that when it's broken is to really fucking break it all the way. That's what's happening right now. The system is about to change drastically. Yeah, so that's great. That's wonderful. But here, here's the problem. It, from my, and, and then we can get back to the ego death thing. Here's my problem with that. This is like the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war. We didn't have an exit strategy. We went in there and blew it up. And then we didn't have a, okay, now that it's blown up, that's that's an amazing analogy. That is a great analogy because we don't, and the Democrats, the little self self righteous self righteous little bitches, they don't have a fucking plan. I don't know what their plan is. Well, sitting so so the reason I say self righteous little bitches is because while I agree with most of the social and even economic uh, points of the Democratic. Party now, I, I, I really see myself as independent, and this is why. If you sit there and tell people that they're wrong, and tell people that you're smarter than them and you know what's better for them than them, mm-hmm. they're gonna dig in. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear, let's work together. They don't want to hear that you know that you that, I, that, that what you believe is wrong. Nobody wants to hear that. True. And and people get and. And people get really defensive when you tell them how to be. Oh, it's not true. It's a hashtag facts. Sorry. <laughs> it's it, so when you sit on a soapbox and and get on this moral shit. Look, the the guy, the comedian, the senator guy, Al Franken. Al Franken took a picture in jokingly putting his hand on a woman's breast. And Klobuchar. Was like call for his job, right. call for him to resign, and and so he resigned for that. 
and the president of the United States. This is what I mean by self-righteous. So that guy's got to resign. And the Republican Party, they're savages, bro. You can go, you know, Jim Jordan was was covering up for like a, a child molest, for like a Jerry Sandusky type of character in college. And he's sitting there with his, with his gray ass with no tie on, barking away, and no one gives a shit. Nobody gives rat's ass. So with, so with the Republican Party, the ends justify the means. Yeah. And with the Democratic Party, we'll cut off our nose to spite our face. It's really bad. Dude. That, to me, is a self-righteous little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. To, to assume that anybody, at any time, is perfect, or needs to be perfect, or can't make a mistake, or can't be, or a comedian. The guy is a comedian. But, he is meant to push it. But this is what's wrong with our culture, right? This is... this. Society that we're into today is, you know, the cancel culture mm -hmm. is doing that. They're, they want to be this Aha. <laughs> perfect little thing. Aha, I got Look, you. I got you. I got you. You're exposed. Right. But that's not, uh, humans make mistakes. We do things that are wrong. We're not perfect, right? And would we want to be? No. This is the slippery slope that is going to plague society is that nobody's going to be nobody's going to want to do things nobody's going to want to open up nobody's going to want to let you in you know it's it, it happened to basketball players with the malice in the palace they were like the fans are getting too close the fans are shouting and throwing cups of beer on people so what's going to happen you won't be able to get an autograph from players players aren't going to want to touch you you know it's happening with the with the coronavirus. Yeah, you know it's no handshakes, no nothing. So the thing with the the, the thing with the ego death. So yes. so every so often we get hit we get hit as a, as individually with something that lifts the veil off of what we believed to be true. Okay. Okay. So we live in a machine and it's governed by money, and we spend a lot of our consciousness thinking about money about the bills and about you know our retirement and mm -hmm. all of it. every once in a while something happens and all of that goes away mm -hmm. okay so that's the veil getting lifted when kobe died were you thinking about your bills no okay when when the coronavirus started were you thinking about your bills on the day probably not when no. when, when you're like oh shit like this could be it for everybody no call it call it a, a deathbed consciousness Okay. When you, look, when, when you look back at your life, you're going to be like, Jesus, why was I so concerned about money? Mm -hmm. I came into this world with nothing. I'm leaving this world with nothing. Every once in a while in your day-to-day, -day, something like that happens. In that time is an opportunity to create real change mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. My concern is that people aren't taking that time right now to find their joy. To find... to to spend people were home for two months three months and and how many of those people who in who got a forced vacation a forced vacation spent time trying to connect to what feeds their soul to what to what to 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 find their joy to work towards maybe combining their their work with their higher purpose work, to connect with family, 
to love their kids a little harder, to to have that perspective, the grand perspective. The biggest ego death I ever had to go through was when my dad died. He died very suddenly. Uh, he got meningitis. He was in the hospital right down the street here for about seven days. I had played golf with him the day before he got sick. He shot one over par. Bam, gone. Wow. Just like that. Wow. You don't get a gut punch like that very often in your life. Yeah. For three months, the small stuff didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I was in the. I was working at the car dealership. The extra five dollars on somebody's lease payment, it didn't matter. Right. It just didn't matter. And this is an opportunity right now for people on all sides of this to take to really look at what matters. But how how do you get somebody to do that though? How you know what? I mean, when you talk about a starting line, it's easy not to think about tomorrow if your bills are paid. So for a lot of people, you know, think about the people that are out of work right now, and they it's probably very difficult for them to focus on anything else. So that's within the confines of the machine. I'm talking about the moments like... The people who who were hyper affected by this, the people that the day after Kobe Bryant died, you, you, your bills meant zero to you. Absolutely, I didn't think about. You didn't give a fuck. No, it wasn't even that wasn't registering. So that that's that's what I'm talking. about. Okay, I'm talking about in those moments, as fucked up as they are, and how they come to you. Yeah, they're a gift. When I look at, I I worked a quarter of a mile from Staples. I was at Staples Center, so I, I bought, I think about this, The Australia was having those fires, yeah. remember? Mm-hmm. And half a billion animals died. Yeah. So I went and saw, I, I, I bought um, tickets to a stand-up uh, show that was raising money for Australia. And it was Jim Jeffries, it was Whitney Cummings, and it was Joe Rogan. Oh, wow. Turns out, it was in L.A. Live. And it was the day that Kobe Bryant died. Wow. And then we get there, and there had to have been 10,000 people. Easily. And the veil was lifted. I mean, the, the kindness, mm-hmm. the sweetness that people had for each other, the, the community, what the, it was, it was, it was fucking inspiring in those moments. The only time I experienced something like that was 9-11. Same thing. That's, you know? that's the veil getting lifted. Yeah. For sure. That was like, oh shit, we're all connected. We're in this together. Yeah. And yeah, we've had three of, those, three of those moments this year. This year. And we're only in June. And maybe more. I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about it. Well, you yeah. also had Brazil... Australia, you know, the Brazil, the rainforest. You got Australia. Australia. So think about if you live in Australia, you have, like, you had one of those moments. And, 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 you know, by the way, that's the reason why people do psychedelics is because that's what that does. Mm -hmm. That lifts the veil and you can go in and, and, and realize how connected you and I are to each other and whatever differences that you and I have, where we came from. 
our similarities are a hundred a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. We breathe the same air. We breathe the same blood. We 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 want for the same. We we care so as much for for what we care about, and we need to take these moments and attach ourselves to love. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. But I I wonder if people are doing that. I think that I think that us having this conversation, I think that anybody who the people that continue to have these conversations to to laugh together, yeah, to to talk to talk about it in an interesting way and not not debate conspiracy theories and not you know all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think that this is why you and I love to have these talks is because you and I are going to be better for it. For having this conversation, you and I are going to be better than we were yesterday. Absolutely. And for people listening, they're going to be better. Right. You know? Period. That's it. If we help, if we, if one person has a little bit of a shift in perspective to love and to care and to empathy and to kindness, we won. Absolutely. Let's talk about another veil that's been lifted recently. Go. The need to play to pay college athletes. Oh, that's fun. Okay, ready? Yep. So I believe that the coronavirus has really showed us that college athletes need to get paid. So right now, school's been canceled. There's nobody going to be on campus. And colleges started saying, we have to have football back in season. Obviously, this is the southern states, especially Florida. They said football is a billion-dollar, college football is a billion-dollar industry. Is that it? It's I mean, a multi-billion. Multi-billion. And our school stands to lose a lot of revenue. Our school, our state, we're going to lose a lot of money. Now, of that money, the college athlete, you would hear people say, well, they're getting an education and they're getting free housing. And, oh, have you seen the food that those football players eat? They get a lot of food. Well, that doesn't equal a billion dollars. Sorry. And now they're calling for the kids to come back early. And they're saying that they may have a, they're going to have to sign a waiver that if they get sick, they're not liable. They don't even get like, like a safety, you know, some kind of insurance clause that if they get sick. So now I think it shows the real true greed of the NCAA. I've had a problem with it before. I have definitely have a problem with it today. What do you think? Look, I'm biased in a big way. I'm a USC guy, and I think that USC might be the worst treated institution in all of I'm a USC guy and an Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders guy. So I'm used to being on the business end of some bullshit. Um, 
The Reggie Bush thing is a fucking travesty. I think it's bullshit because he wasn't even responsible for the house. It was, it was trash. And it was because the NCAA had it out. Much wrong as people do in the NCAA to fucking find SC, take away Five recruits. Years, ten years? It, it totally changed the landscape of college football. Because of that, they couldn't recruit. And the and the, the the whole thing that they were under investigation and all that damage damage the program. Nobody would go there. Do I think? Do I think college football players should be paid? So, the answer overwhelmingly is yes. Mm-hmm. Now, the structure of how they get paid is interesting. I think that there should be a base salary. I think that so so they talk about about scholarships and that's wonderful. Somebody on an academic scholarship can then go get a job. A, a college football player can't go get a job because he's he's in practice thirty hours a week or whatever it is, plus games, plus travel. So so let's just say we paid them by the hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just say thirty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, for each kid. Then, as with an influencer who also is an academic on academic scholarship, but maybe is also an influencer, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They could get paid by sponsor subscriptions and whatever it may be, like via Twitter or Google or YouTube, like a YouTube person, right? So why why couldn't an athlete be paid that way? Yep. So So I don't see a reason for that. Now, if they're, I don't know that they, I don't know that, Giving them uh, sponsorships from from brands, I think that can get a little tricky. They already do it. They, they, that's to the school. I think that I, again, there's nuance. Yeah. I think that any I think that any person has the right to monetize if they are the product. They should. And and my biggest thing is. Jersey sales. You know who number five on USC is. Do you have any? So, so, <laughs> so listen to this. With all of the college athletes today, yesterday, and whatever, however much money they could make on on jersey sales, number five could have made triple. He was the most exciting player since Bob. He <laughs> and that, for that was an Oakland. <laughs> but. I, and so I just think it was it was wrong for them to to take this Heisman, but again it's he'll like get, he'll get that back. It, but again, and again, it, it's one of those things that you saw him get it. You know he's got it. What it was it do to take away the fucking trophy from him? Nothing. It's all happens. It's all bullshit, right? Garbage. So, garbage. <laughs> so I I'm totally against that. But then I hear like these talking heads on the sports network who are like California locals. And they start going in on Reggie Bush and what a what a uh, basically what a bad seed he was. I can tell you right now, Reggie Bush wasn't even close to the only one. Of course not. Aren't aren't isn't Zion getting in trouble for it right now? Yeah, his agent is suing him for a hundred million dollars because he fired him, and he was saying that. He got uh, paid during college. Yeah. So what? No shit. Of course, because we're humans, and the way the human condition works is, 
we exist, we create a problem, then we solve that problem, and then we create another problem, and then we solve that problem, and then we create another, and we keep ourselves occupied with bullshit. That's the machine, by the way, that I was talking about yeah, before. Yeah. And we occupy ourselves with all of this bullshit. Um, once that hurdle is crossed, they're just going to create another one. Yeah. There's going to be something else. So that they can solve it and make themselves the heroes, and then they can create another one, and then you know it'll be what whatever weird left turn or right turn they can make off of that. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to be I don't know. The girlfriend ordered some ordered some shoes from the sponsor, and she wasn't actually the one that was sponsored. And then they're going to get in trouble for that. Yo, there's a great. Uh, documentary right now I want to say it's on Netflix it's called The Scheme it's about this uh, guy who's trying to be an agent and ended up getting railroaded by the FBI into some shit and it's interesting because this guy says flat out every player is getting paid if they're worth their salt every player is getting paid in the NCAA how could they not look if you're in college, which is and you're an athlete and you're a good athlete, this is your time to peacock. This is your time to to be pretty. And if 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 the NCAA isn't allowing you to get dope shoes and 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 look good to go take a girl out on a date, wear some fly gold chains, what, whatever, and a big ass big ass rims, right? But but if the NCAA is depriving these kids of their grand peacocking years, and they're bringing X amount of dollars into the school. It it just it doesn't seem it doesn't appear to be the message that we want to send to these kids either, because it kind of is indentured servitude. Bingo, bingo. It it goes against all of the capitalistic values of America, right? If, you're, if you have the opportunity to make money, which is what they say, you, you, you can go make money any which way possible, why can't you do it in college? I, I, it's hard not to agree with that because there isn't an avenue for, unless, you're, unless it's basketball, there isn't an avenue to go from high school straight to professional sports where you could where you can make the money uh yeah th- that we're talking about and so it de-incentivizes the kids in college one the kids leave early and don't finish their education which is dangerous for the kids too you know there's it, it's a tricky thing you could incentivize the school too you could say look we'll pay you it, we'll pay you 30 bucks an hour if, if, for whatever, or we'll pay you 60 bucks an hour if you'll commit now to playing four years for the school. Yes. Because most of those kids aren't going pro. No. Most of them. You have about 5% that will go pro. So if you're guaranteeing, if if for 50 bucks an hour instead of 30, if, if you're guaranteeing that fourth year, first of all, it keeps the kids in school for four years, which is better for the kids. On ninety whatever percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a, again with nuance. There are ways to to ha- to help the kids and the school and the professional organizations because 
if the if the kid stayed a, a fourth year in college, he might become a, a Clay Matthews, and all of a sudden he's a first round pick. You got to dangle the carrot, I guess. I guess. You got to dangle the carrot. Well, Scott, we've come to that time, the we've magic hour. It. We've said everything there is to say right now. We've solved racism. Right. Uh, we solved the NCAA. We solved the NCAA. We t- brought a new term into the, the fold for me, which was ego death. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said the sitting president's an idiot. And the Democrats are self-righteous little bitches. And and with and that's with all due respect. Oh, sorry. With all due respect. Well, because I think there's an opportunity. The thing that was made, I think, the thing that made Barack Obama, and this is the, my my final thing, is I got to get to the kids. But the thing that made him so endearing was he really didn't come off self-righteous. Right. He came off as just a really charismatic, eloquent guy. And you can like or dislike his politics. You can't say he's not a good guy. You can't. It's hard to say. It's hard to argue against. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an argument you're going to lose. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. You know, he loves the shit out of his wife, man. Yo, so today we've learned to celebrate our differences um, and share our common interests. You know, we both have... A lot of things in common. We're both bald. We both love FC. We both love our wives. And we both love LA sports. Yo, this is Part A, and I'm your host of Baseline. And we always go hard in the paint. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.